Can these bones live? Can these bones live? That is Ezekiel's question to the Lord in that um, dry and desolate valley. Certainly that was the question of the nation of Israel. Can these bones live? They found themselves in exile, miles and miles and miles away from their home, from the promised land God had given them, miles and miles and miles away from the temple, the presence of God in their midst, miles and miles and miles away from what God had called them to be. And they look at themselves and they say, can these bones live? That question um, certainly could run throughout the Old Testament. Adam and Eve placed in the Garden of Eden um, in perfect harmony with each other, with the world God created with God himself, and yet they, they sin, right? They turn from God. They eat from the tree, the only tree, the one that God said, don't eat from this one tree, and they're exiled. And certainly in those first days in the life of um, the punishment, the life of judgment, the life outside of the garden, Adam and Eve would say to each other, can these bones live? Or think about Israel, God's um, chosen nation in their early days, slaves in Egypt asking themselves over and over again, what happened to the promises of God? Can these bones live? And then Moses coming in and rescuing them and delivering them um, out of Egypt through the waters of the Red Sea. Renewing their covenant with God on Mount Sinai. Those bones were alive. But not for long. It took them about three days to fashion a new God, a golden calf, and begin to worship it. And yet God in His grace and mercy brings them to the promised land sustains them for years and years, and yet His people, His chosen people, the people that He has called and fashioned and formed and saved time and time again, the people that are supposed to proclaim the glory and love of God to the world continually turn their back on Him. And so God sends them into exile, and they find themselves in Babylon, in modern-day Iraq, looking at their fate looking at these great promises of God unfulfilled, and they ask this question, can these bones live? Can they live? Ezekiel was a prophet during this time of exile. He was actually in exile himself. God raised him up with these Jews that were far from their homeland um, to be a prophet, to speak the word of God to them. And it was a hard job, a daunting job. Read the book of Ezekiel and realize how painful and awful it is to be a prophet of God. It's an amazing honor, but I mean, it's not something I would volunteer for, I don't think. And God lifts up Ezekiel into this vision, and he brings him into this valley, this arid valley. And Ezekiel sees bones strewn about. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. 
It's this huge valley, and there's bones everywhere. You, you get the picture that maybe a great battle was fought here, that there were a great many people here, and they all died, and they died at the same time, and they've been dead for a really long time, friends. These bones are very dry, Ezekiel says. It's an image of Israel in her exile, separated from God, judged for her iniquities, judged for constantly, time and time again, worshiping other gods, doing things that God had told them not to do, social, economic injustice, all of these things swirled into this this great disobedience, this great turning from God, and so God cast them out. He poured His judgment out on them. Why? Why would He do that? Think about it this way. Israel was called to represent to the world the one true God. And yet here they have oppressed poor people. They're worshiping the sun among many other things. They've totally forgotten the law and the covenant that God has given them. They, they're totally misrepresenting God to the world. And so the world looks at Israel and Israel saying, hey, look, we worship the one true God. And they're saying, that one true God, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want anything to do with him. And so they, they, they get the judgment of God. He has to do something. He has to change this. They're misrepresenting his name to the world that they're supposed to show love and mercy to. And so God judges them. He sends a foreign army. He sends the Babylonians. And they, they come in and they take up the Israelites and they exile them to a foreign country. They, they leave the land, the gift of God, completely desolate. They leave the temple destroyed, and they leave God's people in a foreign country. It's God's judgment on the nation of Israel. They are dead, dry bones. And here's the hard truth of this passage. Those dead and dry bones are us, friends. Ezekiel is looking at our bones, dead and dry on the floor of the valley. Our bones separated from God. Our bones mired in sin. Our bones mired in worship of other things that did not give us life. Other things that do not offer us salvation. Other things that cannot fulfill us. Those are, bones are us. Paul said in our, our, chat, our reading from Romans this morning, he says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of God in him cannot please God. We are dead and dry bones by ourselves, friends. So God asked Ezekiel that haunting question. Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can they come back to life? Ezekiel says, well, I don't know, God. You know, Lord, but I don't. Why are you asking me that question? Why don't you answer it? And so God says to Ezekiel in verses 4 to 6, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel speaks these bones to the Lord, speaks these words to the bones. He prophesies as he was commanded. And as I prophesied, he says, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. 
but there was no breath in them. Then God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Can these bones live? By all means they can live. The word of God spoken to them. They rise up from the ground. The the breath of God, the ruah of God, that Hebrew word, that great Hebrew word, the spirit of God comes upon them and these bones, these dead and dry, decaying bones have life. And God says, this is my promise to the people of Israel, to these, this nation asking this question, can, can these bones live? God says to them in verse 12, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. Can these bones live? Absolutely. The question, though, is how? How is God going to take a stack of dry and dead bones and bring them back to life? How is he going to take our lives separated from God, dead, dry, and decaying, and and breathe new life into us? How, How does this happen? Well, if we fast forward in our Bible about 500 years or so, we get to our gospel reading this morning. Lazarus, Jesus' friend, the one he loved, brother of Mary and Martha, Lazarus has died. Mary and Martha are in mourning. Jesus is on his way. Curiously, he heard that Lazarus has died and waited two more days Um, He heard Lazarus was dying, excuse me, and waited two more days before he left. And so Mary and Martha, they're um, in great mourning, and they're confused. Because they had heard Jesus say this. They had sent messengers to him, the messengers had come back, and Jesus said, surely he will not die. And yet here's Lazarus, he's dead, he's been dead four days, he's wrapped up, he's in the tomb, the door is closed, Lazarus is gone. But Jesus said he wouldn't. What happened? Can these bones live? And Jesus comes. And Martha comes out to meet him. And she says, Jesus, if you were here, if only you were here, Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus says to her, Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, well, I, I, it sounds like a theological proposition. Jesus is like, he's going to rise again. And Martha says, well, I know that one day in the future, when everybody's raised from the dead, he will rise again. But that's not helping me now, Jesus. I know he will, but he's not alive now. And Jesus looks at her and he says this, verse um, 25 of chapter 11 in John's Gospel. Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he looks at her in the eyes and he says, Martha, do you believe? Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe. Can these bones live? Can those bones of Lazarus live? Jesus, the resurrection and the life, walks to the tomb. He's man. He's fully human. He weeps for his friend. He weeps for death. He mourns with Martha and Mary and those who are gathered. He is angry, angry at death that this um, disease has come into the world because of our sinfulness. That, that something would cause his friend to die. Jesus is mad. He's hurting. He's mourning. And yet he's also thankful that he has this opportunity to show to the world, to show to those there mourning for Lazarus that he is the Son of God. And he looks into the tomb and he says those fabulous words, Lazarus, come out. Can these bones live? They can and they do. Lazarus walks out of the tomb. So we have before us this morning two different resurrections. The resurrections of the, the bones in the valley, the resurrection of Lazarus coming back from the dead. Neither of them, the bones in the valley, the nation of Israel, or Lazarus can be understood apart from Jesus Christ who is the resurrection and the life. If you remember from Ezekiel, remember it was kind of a two-stage resurrection, right? The bones were raised, okay? They came together, flesh, skin was put on them. But Ezekiel, he noted, he very clearly noted, he said, but they had no life in them. And it was only when he prophesied the Spirit of God, when he called the Spirit of God into these bones that they were given life. And so it is with Jesus Christ. That there's some, something of a two, um, two parts of this resurrection. Because he says to Martha, he says two things. He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. And so everyone who lives and believes in me, though they die, yet they will live. And so it's more than just some sort of future hope we have, friends. You see this? It is that. By all means, one day we believe that we will be raised from the dead, that death does not have the final say over us, that all of us, though we enter the grave, will live again. But Jesus says, I am the life. I am the life now. I pour upon you the spirit of the living God so you would know my love and you would know my resurrection power right now, today, this morning. I am the resurrection and I am the life. <clears throat> How does this happen? Well, I would put it this way. Jesus Christ becomes the dry bones so that we might inherit the resurrected life. Jesus Christ becomes the dry bones, dead and dry. Jesus Christ, separated from God. Why? Because of our transgressions. Because we turn from God, because we're sinful people, because we do this repeatedly over and over again. Jesus Christ takes on this status, these dry bones. He walks into the valley of death, 
He dies on the cross. He is nothing more than a limp and bleeding pile of flesh and bones, bones hanging on a six-inch nails nailed to a cross. And his friends look up to him like Ezekiel looked out over the valley. Like Mary and Martha looked at their brother Lazarus. Lazarus, They, they look from the ground up to that cross and that dead man there. And they ask, can these bones live? And God looks down at the grave. He looks at the cross and he says, yes, those bones can live. And they will live. And the great promise to Ezekiel is made real. The grave is open. Christ is raised from the dead. And through it, the whole world knows that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And he will make our bones live again. I would be so bold to guess that Ezekiel's question is on the minds of many of us this morning. Can these bones live? Can this pile of dry and lifeless bones actually live again? You look at your life. You're separated from God. You're mired in sin and destructive behavior. You, you know where your life is stuck. You know the things that you can't stop doing, and yet you continue to do so. You know they're destroying you, and yet you can't stop. Can these bones live? You look at your job. It's a dead-end job. It's dreary. It's pointless. You dread tomorrow morning with all your heart. Can these bones live? You look at your marriage or your family relationships. They're falling apart. There's no more love. There's lots of angerness, anger, lots of bitterness. Can these bones live? Maybe you look at your own heart and it's cold and lifeless, depressed and distant. Can these bones actually live? And the answer is yes. Those bones can live. With faith in Christ who is the resurrection and the life, those bones can live and they will live. Christ brings forgiveness to your sin. No matter what you've ever done, no matter how distant from God you are, those bones through Jesus Christ can live. No matter how awful your job is, how pointless it is, no matter how depressing it is, those bones will live and will have meaning and purpose through Jesus Christ. No matter how dead your marriage is, no matter how distant you are from your children or your father or your brothers and sisters, those bones will live again in Jesus Christ. No matter how cold and lifeless and stone hard your heart is, that bone, those bones will live again in Jesus Christ. Can these bones live by all means? Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh and blood, of life, of new life in Jesus Christ. So I invite you, friends, by all means, ask that question of your life this morning. Can these bones live? And know beyond a shadow of doubt that indeed they can. By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the 
death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can these bones live? Yes, because Jesus Christ is the resurrection, and he is the life. Let us pray. Lord, we are sorry that we have become a pile of dead and dry and decaying bones. We repent. And we welcome your Holy Spirit, the breath of life, to flow through us now. That these bones that we have become would live again. That you would touch our hearts, that you would touch our relationships, that you would touch our life circumstances, that you would breathe life into them. And as we head toward this Easter Sunday, we would know beyond a shadow of doubt that you are the resurrection, that you are the life, and that even though we may die, we will yet live again. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.